Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast episode number seven. Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Welcome, welcome, everyone. This is the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast. And today, our special guest is the one and only Ronnie Saleh. I'm pretty sure if you are in the Kizoma scene, you guys have probably seen many of his very creatively musical videos for his Kizoma demos that he's put out there. Um, I got a chance to meet him in person when I was at the Sweden Kizoma Festival, and we had a very nice time together. Um, really cool guy, really cool message. And this is why he's on the podcast today. So I'll go ahead and give him a little time to tell the audience a little bit about who he is and a little bit about what you do today. Thank you, Charles. That was nice words. I appreciate it. Uh, who am I? Ronnie Saleh. But actually, I am not Ronnie Saleh because I am not my identity, you know, mm-hmm. like we identify ourselves with our name with our age where we come from and blah 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 but beyond that we are pure spirits right and everyone is from the same source but let's go for this and say that i am ronnie Saleh from sweden but i just wanted to start by saying that okay awesome and tell us a little bit about what you do today today i am a professional dancer so i have the chance to share what i love the most around the globe and i cannot ask for more in life as it looks like right now that is awesome that is awesome i'm also a full-time kizoma instructor as well and i know that you have a lot of dance experience so we're going to get into that as well can you go ahead and let our audience know where you were born and raised sure so I was born and raised in the Kurdish part of Iraq. Uh, the year was 1989. Then our country went through war. So my parents decided to uh, take us child- children. So it's me, my two brothers and my sister. They chose to take us to Sweden which is one of the best choices they ever made because in kurdistan there is no couple dancing Ah, so so i'm happy that's one of the reasons Uh, so we came to sweden when i was one and a half so since then i've been living here in stockholm specifically yeah in stockholm nice 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 all right so you mentioned in was it kurdistan kurdistan Kurdistan. Um, that there wasn't any couples dancing. So let's go ahead and hear the story about your very first dance experience, because I'm sure it was it wasn't Kizomba. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. But it's actually linked to Kizomba unconsciously. Okay. I know it sounds weird, but 
let's start from the beginning. So I've been dancing my entire life on my own. So my dad and mom has like record recordings from me when I was three, four, and I could stand in the living room and just st stamp on the floor with my feet, mm -hmm. like doom, 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 doom. And they said, Ronnie, st st stop it because you disturb your neighbors and stuff they, they will come and knock on our doors but i i couldn't just stop like knocking on the on on like beating on the, beat, on the floor. yes like doom 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 so and besides that i've been like dancing whenever whenever people put on songs i've been just moving my body since i was a kid um and during my whole school year Unfortunately, I, could, I couldn't sit still mm. that much. So I was like drumming on the, on the, on the tables, you know, and I was like, doom, da, doom, da, doom, da, doom, da, doom, da, doom, da, with my hands. And I had no idea what Kizomba was, uh -huh. but, but actually in the Kurdish folk dance, like we have we have this samba beat you know doom da doom da doom da doom da doom da doom so so it comes from that mm -hmm. you know to go back to your questions my first dance experience yeah that i don't have even have mem memories of my dance experience but i have it on tape mm -hmm. but my first couple dance experience was actually when a professional couple came to our school when i was 10 mm -hmm. And they said, we'll be here for a week and we'll show you Boogie. Mm -hmm. Boogie is a couple's, couple's dance. Yeah, I from remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, in the end of this week, they had a competition for the whole school. And I came on the second uh, place. So, but after that, I didn't dance couple dances before I became 18 or 19 when I went to my university town. Yeah. And what dances did you do in your university? I was by mistake introduced to Foxtrot. Okay. Because I know now well, you do the yeah. Kizomba with the Foxtrot. And we talked about that when you're in Sweden. So yeah. why was it a mistake? Well, not mistake. Let, let's say coincidence. Because if it wasn't because of that, I don't think we would have talked now. Uh, so okay. So we were on our way to a pre-party one night and I didn't know where we were heading at. We're coming to a place where it's a live band playing. And this, when I'm watching the dance floor, is like couples dancing like forehead against forehead, like nose against nose. And, uh -huh. and my first thought was like, damn, such a beautiful way to take your part partner here. You know, mm -hmm. like you're married or you have a boyfriend or girlfriend this is such a great you know instead of going out to a bar and drink beers and stuff then the live band change song and the partner switches and they are as close as they were with the first partner as with the next one mm -hmm. and i'm like wait a second <laughs> were they not together no so this actually made me int interested in what is this, you know, like, how can they be so in team with everyone? So I, I went for a course and since then I'm stuck in connection. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. That's awesome. So did you teach Foxtrot before you taught Kizomba? Is that how you got introduced or did you do any other ballroom type dancing? 
Well, it was actually quiet at the same time, mm. but I, I would say Foxtrot was the first, yeah. Okay. But not long, long before, you know. Okay. So, so a friend of mine said to me, Ronnie, there is a national competition. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, not, not a national, but like, a, like the biggest Foxtrot event, which has a competition there as well. It's called Jack, Jack and Jill Advanced. So she said, you should actually compete there. I was like, you know, I don't want people to score my expression, yeah. you know. What, what about that, you know? Like, she said, but you know, you are a showman and you love to be in the center. You've been singing your whole life. You've been performing on stage with your own written songs. And mm -hmm. Can't you just see it as a funny, funny thing? And I was like, you know what? Let's go for it. So I went there, I participated, it was crowded, it was many participants from the whole Sweden and Norway and, you know, this Scandinavian, and I won. Yeah. Yeah. What year was this? And was, this was, could it be May 2014? Okay. So 2013 or 2014. Okay. Yeah. 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 So three year, years ago, about two and a half, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you won the competition, and that's kind of interesting how you didn't want people to score your expression, but then you competed anyway, and you ended up winning. How did you feel at that particular time? I think I was a bit shocked. I was like, oh, there are like hundreds and hundreds of people who are applauding me. Someone is coming with flowers here. I'm just standing here and don't realizing what just happened. Yeah. So I think that my non-preparation my spontaneous thing made me win actually because i saw that some of the other competitors they were really really focused and i was like why being so serious serious you know and uh, and then i just went in and uh, just did my thing without thinking so so much and then after that pe people said you need to you need to give workshops man i was like no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> that's not my thing uh -huh. that's not my thing because I've always been scared of talking to men like in front of people. Why? Because I stutter and I did it since I was a child and I did it 10 times more when I was a child and during the years it has become better, but I'm still scared, you know, mm -hmm. from time to time. And my, my worst moments was when we had talking ses sessions in school where you need to present your uh, your thesis. I know that I could go for weeks and be like, oh, can, can I do it? What will happen if I get stuck? You know, yeah. all these things. So so when these people asked me, we want you to give class, I was like, hell no. And maybe that's why I focus so much in my singing and my dancing, because that was the, the only way for me to show people who, who, who I was. Because when I couldn't reach them by verbally communication singing and dancing was my channels interesting you know? interesting so i definitely it's awesome to hear everything so far i want to get into like your first kizomba experience but before we do that i wanted to talk a little bit about what you did before you started teaching kizomba what was your job because i know that it ties into the stuttering that you that you have that's now. true so can you share with our audience that because i think it's pretty awesome 
Sure, sure, sure. I share with you everything I've got. Um, when I was 10, 11, that was the first time my mom sent me to a speech and language pathologist mm -hmm. who would help me to find techniques to get more fluent in my speech. And I was happy about, about that. And I went there and from that session, I knew this is what I want to do when I become an adult. Mm -hmm. I want to help people with something I know it's tough myself. Mm -hmm. And that was the case. So uh, when I became 19, I went to university and I studied speech and language pathologist for four years. I worked like that for one year for a company and one year as my own business. And it went really, really well. Like we, I meet together with the three other people. We opened the first stuttering center in Stockholm. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, it was a success. But at the same time as we opened it, mm -hmm. I started by accident to teach Kizomba <laughs> and Foxtrot. Uh -huh. And uh, damn, man, by each month, mm -hmm. by each month, I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh no. <laughs> Oh no, Ronnie, grow up. Uh -huh. Grow. Don't even think about dancing. Like, like dancing is a hobby. Mm -hmm. Keep it as a hobby. And everyone I told, everyone like the closest friends of mine, I said, would you would you think I would be insane if I left my you know my uh, university or like my all the years I put into university and this to dance? He was like, Ronnie, don't even go there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But by the month, I, w I went more convinced and by, by my fans' response, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I really, really have to thank all my fans and followers because they were the reason why my self-esteem got stronger and stronger mm -hmm. and why I got more and more convinced about this is actually my mission, mm -hmm. you know. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's go ahead and share with our listeners your how you got introduced into Kizomba. Because it seemed like a lot of things were happening and they were overlapping at the same time. So it's interesting yeah, to yeah. kind of reflect on Just all that. Just the best. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was at a Fox course uh, workshop in November 2014. And it, during the break, the teacher played kizomba music, and I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. But I felt my body was like, mm, mm. But I was a bit confused. I was like, hey, why are you playing this music when we are on a Foxtrot course? Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, haven't you heard kizomba? I was like, no. Then she showed me a YouTube video, video mm -hmm. and I was like, this is it. <laughs> this is what my life has been waiting for, you know? Do you remember what video it was? I think it was Albir and Sarah. Unsurprisingly, awesome. Yeah, and, and they looked so to have some so so much fun, you know. Mm. And the all the audience was like smiling, and I was like, I like this and 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 energy and and what I also liked was that it was couple dancing to that great music. Mm -hmm. You know, I like music it's really really nice but kizomba music and the ghetto silk music mm -hmm. is dif different yeah. you know that's awesome that's awesome especially especially when i come from a background of hip hip-hop and breakdance mm -hmm. you know when did how what at what age were you that you did the hip-hop and the breakdancing 
as long as I can remember. Like I never attended regular regular courses or stuff, but I just I just put on that kind of music and you know to move. imitated Michael Jackson and uh -huh. you know yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember in the performance that you had in the Sweden Kizuma Festival, you did a little bit of hip hop and then you like did the spin on your back. I was like, oh, snap. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. So you saw this video with Albir and Sarah at a Fox Course yeah. event. So, OK, this is it. This is what I'm looking for. Where did what happened then? What, did you go seek out instructors? Did you go to Kizuma festivals? What happened next? Oh, yeah. So I was signing up for a course mm -hmm. with the uh, Christopher Mankak. Yes, another guy. Uh -huh. Yeah, so he's also from Sweden. I went two regular courses with him. So like 14 weeks, mm -hmm. I think. And it was like twice a week, once a week or something. And I was amazed by his footwork and his technique. You know, I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> you know, uh -huh. and I was so motivated and he took all my attention, you know, like I, I was there and by each month in my in my work you know i was like focusing on the dancing more and more and i lost my focus in my in my actual job mm -hmm. you know but i went there i learned a lot but like from the very 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 start i promised myself or i i've always been like this that whoever whatever workshop i attend I try not to focus too much on copying yeah. the teacher, you know. I was always trying to find, okay, now he taught us this, she, they, they taught us this. How can I find five different var variations of what they taught us? That journey itself to find solutions, I mean, that was a journey itself, yeah, you know. Yeah, sure, so, for sure. No, yeah. my mind kind of works the same way, and when you... When you talk to dancers who have a unique style, like I feel like their yep. thought process is the same. They see one mm -hmm. move and then they view it from a lot of different angles and they find a way to kind of make it their own, you know? Okay, cool. So before we get into how you started to mix Foxtrot into your Kizomba, I would like to know, and I'm pretty sure our listeners would like to know, when did you make the decision to leave your job and your business and do Kizomba full-time? Because you're doing Kizomba full-time now, yes? Yeah, yeah. Since one year. Okay. So how was that decision? Um, because I know that's something you're also pretty passionate about, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was really tough to actually leave my patients, you know, like my clients. Mm -hmm. Because you build, you build up, you know, uh, you build up something with them and you see them from one point where they cannot talk to any, anyone. Mm-hmm to a few months after that you hear them speak in front of their classmates mm -hmm. you know like all of that was really really emotional when i thought that that i need to actually leave these these uh, people mm -hmm. but in the in the beginning like our people told told me like ronnie i think it's best if you just try to do your work 70 percent and dancing 30 percent of the time I tried for two weeks and I said, no, that's, that is not going to, to work. So I went down to 50, 50, mm -hmm. it didn't work. I was like, okay, I think I am this personality type that needs to do one thing fully mm -hmm. or nothing. Because when I, when I dig into things, when I, when I focus on things, I cannot have this many things at the same time. I need to do it fully. So I decided in May last year, like, 
I decided this in December actually, December 2014, but in May 2015, that was the point where I said bye-bye, you know. That's awesome. So let's go ahead and talk about fusion because I know that I've seen that you've mixed and then even with the lesson that we did in Sweden, you talked about, oh, I, I like to mix some of my fox into my kizomba. And so I'm curious to know your thought process behind that. Was it something that you did kind of subconsciously without even thinking about it? Um, because yes. it definitely sets you apart, you know? So I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. I think you're, you're right. I've, I've been thinking about that and I think you are right. I never went in to try to add something. Like for me, the music has always been the primary thing, you know? I've always thought, how can my body... How can I embody the song? Yes, 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 yes. And how can I share that to the one I dance with, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but I think since I danced Foxtrot, since I was 1918, you know, about, about, about 10 years now, I don't think I had a choice. I think that all the leading te te technique and chest connection and this flow, you know, mm -hmm. I think that I couldn't separate it when Kizomba entered my 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 life. Yeah, so, so it's it's interesting because like when I look at people dancing, like everybody has their own dance story or their dance history. You know, mm -hmm. um, just like if you're born in a particular country, let's say you're born in India and you learn to speak English, you're gonna have an Indian accent. You know, if yeah, you're yeah. born in Asia and you learn to speak English, you're gonna speak it with an Asian accent. If you're yeah. born in the Caribbean and you learn to speak English, it's going to have a Caribbean or, or accent, right. you know? So mm -hmm. it's like all of these people now, like with Kizoma spreading and crossing more and more borders and everybody's mm -hmm. now um, mm -hmm. dancing Kizoma in a lot of different countries. I feel like everybody's bringing their, their own flavor into it because they've already been dancing before, you know? Like Kizoma yeah. wasn't their very first dance, you know? So it's, it's, all, it's hard to isolate that because, I mean, when you're dancing, you're happy, you're in the moment, you feel the music, and you just move. You don't really think about, okay, now I have my Foxtrot hat on, and now I'm going to take off my oh, Foxtrot no. hat and put oh, on my Kizomba, no. and then now I'm going to take off my Kizomba uh -uh. hat and put on hip-hop. It, it doesn't happen that way. It's just like you're in the moment, you're in the music, you just want to express yourself. That's that's how I feel sometimes, exactly. you know, when you, when you see the people dancing and then also dancing yourself, that creativity is just it's just addicting sometimes, you know? Yeah, and that that is one of the, one of the main things I focus on in my workshops as well as well. Like I tell them one of one of the things I do is that I tell them the top three biggest regrets of dying people. Mm -hmm. And one of one of one of these things is like I wished I had the courage to express myself more. And I think that you you know like during the the years we are said to like people tell us how we should live, you know, how to do things. So, so by the years, we stop listening to ourselves inside. Like, mm -hmm. what is my intention? What is my intuition? What is my expression? So that's why I see that too many fall into this thinking of in two years, I will become like him or in two years, I'll, I'll become like her and move like her mm -hmm. instead of instead of saying, how do I move now? Like, how do my body interpret that move now? Mm -hmm. And how, how can I develop that? Yeah, so, sure. so expression is the key, you know? That's awesome. That's awesome. So I would like to put a focus now because I'm also in the same boat of not having an official dance partner. 
Mm-hmm. And I know you don't have a dance partner as well. So <laughs> I'm interested to know, are you looking for a dance partner? Do you think it's better without a dance partner? Because I know like for me, not having a dance partner, like I would like to dance at a high level to kind of continue to develop myself more. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you take a look at the Kizoma scene in general, like the best dancers have a dedicated dance partner because they're able to kind of practice consistently, you know? Um, I yeah. know it's a little different being in Europe because you do have a lot of higher level follows there versus here in the in the United States. But I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. It's a good question. And I've been thinking about it, actually. It's good sides and it's bad sides with both, both of both of them, you know. The good sides on doing it on my own is that I need to adapt myself. You know, I need to be open to every new follower that I teach with. Mm-hmm. So it makes me creating my 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 skills of of adapting you know for sure so you know some artists that i've danced with you could feel that it it was not that easy to actually lead them Mm -hmm. and you could feel feel that they were really really touched to like touched to their dance partner only and i and i heard the same from other lead lead leaders as well that they felt that it was not that easy to actually lead her Mm -hmm. because it felt that she was so influenced by her specific dance partner Mm -hmm. instead i think that it's a good thing to be open to 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 give the space to the each new follower you dance with because that is how the social dances looks like you know the bad thing of course like i am a showman and i love to to do shows and i love and i love to develop you know and so it's another kind of development as you you say that i can never go and do too many advanced stuff mm-hmm. because i don't have the time to explore that with a specific dance partner but i think that we are we are in different moments in our lives and uh, my inner voice has always led me in the right path and right now it says ronnie you're going to do it now on your own mm-hmm. but the future can give you something else and i'm just relaxed in that flow you yeah, know i hear you so it's, it's really interesting to hear that you're open to it, but you're not forcing it to happen. And you're like, whatever oh, happens, no. you're just kind of like comfortable with that, you know? Yeah. That's and awesome. maybe, maybe, maybe one of the reasons is that I see that the workshops I give are su- successful mm-hmm. and I see the people's positive response and, and, and their comments of, of them feeling that they develop so much. Mm-hmm when the, when they take part of my workshop so i think that since it's going so well mm-hmm. why should i force something else now you know yeah, that makes sense let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsors are you addicted to neo slash urban kizomba do you spend most of your free time watching kizomba videos on youtube and facebook do you daydream about someday traveling to europe to dance kizomba if you answered yes to any of these questions, get off your butt and head to the second annual Neo Kizomba Festival in Austin, Texas. We are bringing some of the top European instructors and DJs to you here in the U.S. Lawrence and Adeline, Isabel and Felicien, Anna Labone, and DJ Snakes. This is all going down July 8th to the 10th in Austin, Texas. 
Find out more and grab your pass before the next price increase at neokidsfest.com. Again, that's neokidsfest.com. Awesome, awesome. All right, Mm -hmm. my next question here for you, Ronnie, would be your thoughts on preserving the traditional culture of Kizomba while at the same time following your inspiration and your inner voice to express your creativity on the Mm -hmm. dance floor. And you've already shared with us, like you've been dancing since you were a child, even before you knew what Kizomba was, you know, and you took the classes with Christopher and things like that. And of course, it's it's important to know where it comes from, the roots and things like that as well, you know, Um, but also listening to your inner voice is, is important as well. So do you do you think about that sometimes or like what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it's it's important to have the knowledge where this dance comes f- f- from mm-hmm. and it shows that you are respect respecting it as well with that said it doesn't mean that you need to limit your, your, yourself mm-hmm. because once again it's the music who decides how you will dance you mm-hmm. know and one one late late lady 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 told me once something that really really touched me she said ronnie even if i was deaf I would still be able to hear the music just by seeing you dance. Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and and I was like, oh shit, how what what should I answer? I, I was really really touched, mm-hmm. you know. And when I've been thinking about it after a while, I think that that is because I move to the music and not to how I should move. Mm-hmm. Because if I get stuck in what is right or what is wrong then I will limit my first impression of the song mm-hmm. and my first embodiment of the music. Mm-hmm. So, so when I hear Kizomba, I dance in a sp- sp- specific way. When I hear Ghetto Sok, I dance in a specific, specific way. When, mm-hmm. when I hear Tarashin, you know, and of, and of course I got inspired by, by watching some mm-hmm. videos, but, but I don't spend too much time on seeing how other people do. Mm-hmm. I just spend much time on how do my body respond to this mm-hmm. no, that's so good to hear. so so yeah res- respecting the culture getting knowledge about it and trying to feel how does my body move and what feels right you know yeah, sure. and of and of course like along my journey i i heard people people say ronnie your style is bullshit that's not real kizomba that's not blah 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 but when you dance on the social dances Mm -hmm. and you get great response from the dance partners you're having fun Mm -hmm. and and you cannot stop dancing with each other Mm -hmm. and more people want to dance with you and Mm -hmm. stuff then your self-esteem is getting stronger 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 but i'm still humble even if i got like really really popular on the social dance floors Mm -hmm. but that itself is like a receipt receipt that you're actually doing something right here. Yeah, for sure. Because so, if it wasn't, then you, I'm pretty sure people would not enjoy dancing with you, you know? Exactly, exactly. So before we get into your thoughts on musicality, um, mm-hmm. we were talking on the phone earlier last week, and you told me about your story of, of you dancing traditional kizomba. And you danced it in a different way with syncopations in, in, a, in a workshop. Um, oh. Can you share that story with our audience? Because I thought it was really, really cool to hear that. Yeah. Sometimes what I do, I think I like to challenge people, you know. 
So what I did was that I put on a traditional song, but I showed them that you don't have to be that stuck to the beat, even if even if the beat is what characterizes the Kizomba songs yes. the most. Yes. But it does doesn't mean that you should ignore the instruments, the mm -hmm. voice, the the space behind the instruments. You know, like there are so many things to catch in mm -hmm. the songs. Uh, so what I did was that I showed how I danced to a Kizomba song, mm -hmm. but not only to the beat. And uh, people people liked it. I think it was like, oh, oh, like I've heard that song many times, but I never thought about dancing to it that way. And yeah. But I think especially if your ear has been trained like from a breaking or a hip hop dance, like the hip hop dancers, they use everything in the music. You know, it's not just the main, the boom, ta, ta, boom, ta. True. Like, you can dance True. to that. Yeah. But the hip hop yeah. has so many things going on, the breaks, the pauses. And if you watch a hip hop dancer, like yeah. they're really expressing themselves to like they they like really embodiment or even watching like less twins, you know, they like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. They 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 <laughs> they really embody the whole song, you know? So yeah. with that being said, um let's hear your thoughts on on musicality. So I've been a singer songwriter since I was eight. So I wrote songs and I performed on stage and I thought that would be my future. I was like, I'm becoming a singer artist, you know, that uh -huh. is my especially when I cannot talk so well, the singing, because when I sing I don't stutter. Uh -huh. That's awesome. So, I thought that was my thing, you know, so by the years, you know, when you create songs, when you learn how to, you know, fill songs with different instruments, with different kind of voice, voice tones, you know, mm -hmm. all this stuff, you get an awareness about how you do songs and also how people do some, because when I needed more inspiration, mm -hmm. I was listening to famous songs and I was analyzing why that song became so famous and then i see like similar things to famous songs and you know i think that had helped me but also that when i listen to a song when i dance the first thing i do like i'm not dancing to to that song most mostly i i listen to the song and i try to see what does this song consist of i try to break it apart mm -hmm. you know and the second time I listen to it, then I'm focusing on only the voice, like how the singer sings. Next time, I try to focus on what the singer sings. The third time I listen to the song, I try to focus on the guitar and so on and so on. And that helps me to observe every song that comes after that as well in the same same way. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm, I'm not sp spending my whole days in like doing this for each song because some sometimes you, you dance to songs that you haven't heard before then then by my experience i have i know what clues i i should search for in yeah. the song it's almost like a musicality muscle that you train and it becomes yeah. better to use on the fly yeah. spontaneously yeah so what i also do is that every morning when i wake up the first thing i do i put on these headphones that I have on now, I go to my living room mm -hmm. and I dance for an hour. So I dance and I try to like focus on different things in the songs I listen to and mm -hmm. dance to. Do you listen to specifically Kizomba or is it just a variety of music? 
I love to listen to Kizamba, mm -hmm. get a sook tarashinya samba. Like I like to start my day with the whole spec spectra, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that the best thing is to do it as as soon as you wake up because then your mind is really really fresh. And I all, also do that because in my after class demos when people record me. Mm -hmm. Like in, in the past, like I could get so nervous that 85% of the moves I knew were gone. I was blacked out. Yeah. And I, I was so disappointed of my, I was like, if you see me in social dances, I'm in a flow. I'm yes, I totally But, relate to that. You know what I mean, right? I was so disappointed of myself that I needed to find a way. And I was like, How about starting to dance every morning when I wake up one hour, the first thing I do. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Two weeks after I had an after class demo, I remembered like 85% of my moves uh -huh. and 15 were left. So, so now I try to come as close in the after class demos as in the social dance room. You yeah, know? So, I'm, 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 so I'm having <laughs> that same problem right now because I feel on the social dance floor, Like, I feel so free. Like, the cameras are yeah. not on. Um, yeah. You just flow the music. You're not worried about making mistakes or anything like that, you know? But then, like, when you do the demos, like, the demos, you like trying to be proper and, and things like that. So, that's definitely something I'm going to try doing myself because that's definitely yeah. something I am struggling with now to make my, my demos at the end better. And I think, think that this is, like, this development, this, mm -hmm. this motivation to, to be the best best version of you every day mm -hmm. i think that itself motivates me to wake up and do these things you know because if i if i would feel like this is my biggest advice like my biggest advice mm -hmm. for leaders for followers for everyone always consider yourself being a white belt you know like always always be open to be never see yourself that you know it all mm -hmm. Because that is one of the biggest reasons why I developed so fast. Because right now, at this very, very moment, moment I feel like I have 80% left of my, of my capacity. Like I've, I've only de developed 20. Mm -hmm. So I have so, so much room for new things. Yeah, for growth and add, for add, yeah. innovation yeah. and creativity, you know? Yeah, but what I see that, like, like, What I did the first years in my dance, after each dance, mm -hmm. I danced, I asked the girl, I was like, I'm not going to leave you before you tell me one thing I could have done better in this, in this dance. And some, some girl said, I have no idea, it was so, so good. And I'm like, no, I'm not letting you go. <laughs> Give me one thing. And by each dance, they told you one thing and I could shape my things like really, really quick. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I, I know that many leaders get offended mm -hmm. when followers want to help them or tell them what to do. Yes, And yes, I think yes. that this will like slow in your growth so much. Yes. It's really funny that you mentioned that because in my, in my last podcast, I, I interviewed Laura Riva. And I'll put uh -huh. this in the, show, in the show notes for the people listening to the podcast. But it's called What yeah. It Means to Follow Like a Boss. And mm -hmm. we talked about how much value followers bring to us, especially as the leaders. Uh -huh. You cannot get to a high level dance if you don't have a follow there to give you feedback. No, that yeah. was too rough. No, that was too strong. Oh, you're hurting mm -hmm. me here. This side mm -hmm. is too weak. 
you don't mm-hmm. know how your lead feels. So you have to really depend on those follows. And that's uh, something that I try to express in, in all of my workshops. And like, guys, uh-huh. if the lady is giving you feedback, listen to it because you, you can like I can watch you dance and it may look good, but it might feel like shit, you know. Yeah, so yeah. if you don't pay attention to the follows, then it, then you it really is going to hold yourself back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, one of the things, and the, we're, since we're talking about social dancing, one of mm-hmm. the things that I really enjoyed watching you social dance was that sh- there were a lot of times where your eyes were closed and you're mm-hmm. with your partner and it seemed like you guys were like almost meditating with your partner. So I'm curious, um, do you practice meditation? How do you bring that energy into the dance um, with your Kizoma? Because it really seemed like you're just having a very nice, peaceful, connected moment with your partner. I do. I've been meditating for 10 years now, mm-hmm. about. We have senses, right? Mm-hmm. So when I close my, my eyes, I get more into my body and the connection. Mm-hmm. When I have my eyes opened, the senses, like mm-hmm. the the touching and the lead, like the, the connection doesn't become as as how do, how do you say as intense yeah for sure as if your eyes are open but of course i like very variation and i as a lead leader i need to control what i do on the dance floor so if if i would close my, my eyes the whole dance then we would be in big uh, danger you know mm-hmm. so but i try to var- variate between between closed and opened opened eyes but you know, like they made a study where they had this experience of people watching each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. And they said to, to these people, we want you to look into each other's eyes for three minutes. And when they did, they realized that, you know, it, it was a dad and her son no, no, and and his his son. It was a it was a son, and 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 his mom and stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. sister and sister, and they realized how much they meant for for each other, and and they they missed each other that much. But it it had gone like twenty five years, and they 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 have like forgotten the connection mm. bet- between them. And I see the dancing the same same way. Like when we close our our eyes, we really really. We really, really share a same moment with the one we dance with, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, meditation definitely helps me because it makes me be in the moment more than thinking one step ahead. Like, oh, I should do this movement to surprise her or I should in my next eight, I will do this move. You know, like musicality for me, it means presence. Mm-hmm. Why? Because... If you're really good at musicality, it means that you will catch things moment by moment. You will know for each second what fits, if a quick fits, if a slow fits, if that fits. So that's why in my workshops, I focus on variations instead of sequences. Mm -hmm. Because because when you focus on variations, it gives you openings and it gives you a bigger freedom to catch things in the, in the song. Definitely. Moment definitely. by moment, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the things that I do when I'm teaching. Call it the Neo Kids method just because I had it to, when I first started to learn Kizomba, and mm-hmm. I liked, like, my Albir was my first private. 
So oh, cool. like the music, his musicality really stood out to me, you know, and Felicien and Lawrence and of course your videos as well. But it's like if I want to teach variation, I have to kind of like break it down for students to start to see the little subtle things, you know, like mm -hmm. sync or slowing down a Saida on the first position or the third position or the fourth position. Yeah. So they can kind of break it down that way, you know. Um, but the variations is, is definitely something. I mean, if you guys listening have taken my, my workshops before, I always try. It's like, don't this is just this. If I do teach a sequence, I say this is just a suggestion. Feel free to break it apart. Tr look oh, at yeah. the pattern like Lego blocks, you know, and try to kind of like create your own little connections and things like that. And that's how you start to develop your style on the dance oh, yeah. floor for sure, you know? And the thing is, the thing, the thing is that I start every workshop mm -hmm. by saying that, you know, Buddha, I am, I, I am not religious my, myself, but I am more spirit, spiritual. Uh, Buddha said, never believe anything I say. Go and find the truth in your own exper experience. Mm -hmm. And I say the same, never believe what I tell you in this wor workshop. Mm -hmm. Go and find out what works best for you. And I want you to challenge me as well. Yes. You know, like, Ronnie, was it really the way you said, you know? Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's a really good. And that's why, I mean, everybody grows together, you know? With me starting to teach Kizoma, I didn't have a lot of experience under my belt or anything like that. But I would say, like, teaching Kizoma definitely helped me challenge myself to make sure that I was doing what I was said I was doing and things like that. And the students definitely help you grow. I'm not sure if you heard of this quote, but it says when one teaches to learn, you know, and that's definitely something that has stood out to me um, through my years teaching Kizomba. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ronnie. Well, this has been an awesome podcast and awesome experience. I really um, appreciate you Thank taking the you time for out. fighting me. No, for sure. And it's awesome. I think that people are going to take a lot of value out of this. So for the last question, I would like you to give any more advice or tips to the people to say goodbye and also let people how they can find out more about you. YOLO, you only live once, people. Um, actually, you don't. Your spirit will just go into another body or form. So you are immortal. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, for this human body experience, mm -hmm. um, don't take yourself too serious. Sometimes when I go to social dances, I see that pe people are there. It looks like they will kill someone. Mm -hmm. Like they look really focused, really serious on a mm -hmm. mission. Uh, instead, try to relax. Try to remind yourself that, oh, I've been working like eight to ten hours this day. I come to the social dance to be mindful mm -hmm. and to have fun and to share life with people. You know, it doesn't mean you need to laugh the whole social dance, but just re relax, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, things will flow fine. Yeah, for sure. How will you know more about me? Ronnie Saleh, you can search me on YouTube. Uh, Ronnie Saleh is my Facebook profile, become a follower mm -hmm. or like, and not or, and like my Facebook page, Ronnie Saleh. Yes, and I'll what be sure else? to get the, yeah. the links. So I put it on the show notes so people can go to neokizomba.com and they'll see this show and they'll have all the links there so they can find you there. Yeah, and uh, remember, 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 like when you get inspired by teachers don't get stuck in how they move learn it and then as quick as you can embody it in your unique way because no one will move like you 
remember that. That's definitely that's awesome to hear, brother. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much for taking your time. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast listeners. We'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey.